On today's episode of the show, we're going to look at scenarios where the customer likes your product or your service and they do seem genuinely interested, but for some reason they keep on saying, let me think about it or let me discuss my husband, with my wife, with my partner, blah, blah, blah. So in this kind of scenario, what do we do next? Now, first off, some of you might think that this kind of situation is unlikely because if the person is interested and they have a want and a need, surely they're going to say yes. But it's something that is not far-fetched and it's something that a lot of us have run into before. Yes, a customer can say such a thing because even if they have a need, they want the product, um, they love it. But sometimes they have some reservations or they have some objections, as salespeople like to call it. Um, but basically, an objection is any reason that the potential customer or client gives for not wanting to go ahead with the deal. So yes, they might love it, they might want it, but sometimes they have some reservations, they have some objections, they have some other reasons that they have not disclosed yet. So yes, it is something that can happen to anyone and it's something that is going to happen to um, most of us in our business um, career. If you think that such a thing is unlikely, just remember the last time that you were in front of a person and you thought, I like this, I'm definitely going ahead, I'm going to buy this dress, this toy, this car, I'm going to get the insurance, but there was something nagging you at the back of your mind that stopped you from going ahead. So this thing happens all the time. Now, is it such a bad thing? Is this situation such a bad thing to be... Um, is, this, is this such a bad thing if you end up in this kind of um, situation? And the answer is no. Because when you are with someone and the person clearly has a need or a want or they're interested, but they're saying, let me talk to my husband, let me talk to my wife, let me think about it, let me get back to you, then um, the good thing is that we haven't been told yet. And so because of that, it means we have time to fix what the problem is. That's if we're able to diagnose it. So they haven't said no to us. They haven't told us that they're going with someone else. So there's time to fix it. And how do we go about fixing it? We go about fixing it by simply going over the sales process with them. For those of you who listened to the previous episode, uh, you're already familiar with the thought process, but still we're going to go over it again over here. Now, before we review the sales process, we have to know, first of all, what the sales process is. For those of you who are already old school listeners of the podcast, um, you already know. But for the benefit of people who might be listening to this podcast for the first time, the sales process is this. Now, there might be more stages, but I just use this as a very simple way because I think that this is going to be easy to remember uh, for newbies so that you can have it at the back of your mind when you're out in the field and when you're talking to a potential customer. Now, the first stage is prospecting. This is where we're looking for people to talk to, people who might be interested, people who might have a need, people who might have a desire, people might, who might have a want for our product or service. So that's prospecting. Now, clearly, we've gone beyond this stage because the person does have um, a need and a want. Now, the second stage is qualification. That's where we engage the potential buyer or client in a conversation where we're trying to um, source out uh, their identity and what their requirements are. Who is this customer? Who is he? Who is she? Where are they coming from? Uh, what specific requirements uh, do they need uh, regarding my, problem, uh, my product or my service? The next stage is going to be discovery. The difference between qualification and discovery is this. At the qualification stage, you're asking questions about the customer. So back to the wedding photographer um, example, one that I've used for a very long time in the podcast, um, especially since when I first started this podcast, um, was because I was speaking to people in the wedding and the event space. So qualification is that stage where you guys are just making conversation. Hey, what's up? 
how are you doing how did you find us about us sorry how did you find out about us um uh when's the wedding date how did you guys meet um you know all those kinds of questions we're trying to source out the person discovery questions are built around the extent of the problem or the nature of the goal or the vision that they're looking towards so for the wedding planner or the wedding photographer this is the part of the conversation where you're asking what's the wedding date have you fixed the hall how many people um are going to be there as a wedding planner you need to know all these things because you need to know whether you're catering for 500 people or for 2,000 people because it makes a difference to what the final um, budget is going to be at the end of the day. And so it's the same thing with the wedding photographer. Uh, what kind of photography do you like? How many albums are you looking at? How many frames do you guys want? Um, how many people are going to be on the bridal team? You know, because those questions affect uh, possible posing um, ideas for the pictures and um, location. And that goes down to logistics and running around for the day. Because I'm assuming that you'll want to have that adequately priced before you um, start having money conversations with the potential uh, bride and the groom. And of course, you also ask all these questions because if you're going to deliver three albums instead of two albums, of course, three is going to cost um, a whole lot more. So that's the main difference between qualification and discovery. Qualification questions are built around the buyer or the client. You're asking questions about the person. Discovery questions are around the problem that's for those of you whose product or service solves a problem so if you're in in the um, insurance space like uh, Uguna who found the podcast a couple of months ago and we've been uh, chatting on and off so she's in the insurance space so what she sells she's trying to solve a problem that's what insurance is or you're trying to um, figure out the nature of the goal or the vision so those of you in the wedding and the event space those are the questions that you're asking goal or vision um, oriented uh, you're looking to the future. Uh, what kind of hall? How many guests? What kind of food? What kind of photography? How many books? You know, blah, blah, blah. So um, that's the difference. Now, where are we? Okay, so we've gone through prospecting. We've gone through qualification. Then discovery. Then after that, that is the stage that everybody knows and everybody assumes that is the most important part of sales, which is the presentation or which is the proposal. So people who like to uh, talk fast and who can talk smooth, this is the stage that they enjoy because you dress up nice, you're looking fly, uh, your accent is on point. Uh, yeah, so this is the stage that they uh, that they like because you can go into your presentation, your proposal, and uh, use all that flair, all that uh, pizzazz, all that jazz, and try and bamboozle people. But the whole point of the presentation or the proposal actually is to cross-check that we've met all the important criteria in stages three and four, which is, uh, sorry, two and three, which is qualification and which is discovery. And then um, once we see that we're on point is then that we can uh, make the pitch and then the next stage, which is five, which is close, get them to commit or to take action. Oh, by the way, just in case you haven't figured it out, the presentation or the proposal is not the most important stage. Qualification and discovery are the most important stages because if you don't ask the right questions of the buyer around who they are and what they want, you're not going to have the information that you need to give an accurate quote or to make a convincing presentation or a convincing proposal. So the skills you ought to be sharpening are qualification skills and discovery skills. That's the reason why I talk about them a lot. Uh, for prospecting, most people won't have a problem with prospecting because if you take your product or service, it's kind of easy to figure out who you ought to be talking to. 
So for instance, um, let's say you sell, um, what are these things called? Caskets. You sell caskets for funerals. You clearly are not going to go and drop your flyer in a store where they sell um, kiddies' birthday props. So that's what I mean by the prospecting stage is kind of straightforward because depending on your product or your service, you kind of know who you should be talking to. So qualification and discovery is where we should be spending um, a lot of our time. Okay, now, um, so the stage that we're going to be pre um, sorry, that we're going to be preoccupied with here is the qualification stage and the discovery stage. So if they say that they are interested and we can see that they're interested, the reason why they're hesitating is because we probably have missed something in qualification and discovery or maybe the problem is one of competency and trust so that means that they want it but they don't think we are the right person to get that product or service from for those of you who've listened to the older episodes where i spoke about um tom hopkins and his own his own um, sales framework you remember uh, this whole thing of competency and trust and that's when we talk about uh, tom hopkins and um his criteria of trust need help and hurry that basically the buyer the potential client is not going to buy from you until they trust you until they have a need they see that you can help and then of course you try and um get them to take action that's what the hurry part is about so at the qualification and discovery stage we want to ask questions to be sure we know who they are we understand their situation and we know how the product or service could help them solve that problem or achieve the vision and if that is where we failed then all we have to do is just engage in more conversation and once we have all the information we need we'll be able to make a second um, uh, presentation now that we've qualified and we've done discovery and we have more information we might be able to make a convincing pitch however if the problem is one of competency or trust uh, this boils down to the trust and the need stage of the sales process because the buyer knows that they have a need for the product or service but the thing is they don't trust you and they might not trust you because it doesn't look like you have the expertise or the credibility to be able to solve the problem now if that's the case this is where things get a little complicated because if it's a competency and trust thing you have to show some competency you have to show some expertise and you have to show some credibility if you can't do that you're going to lose the sale and the problem is by the time we're at that stage it's a little too late to start showing expertise and credibility because where the person is at the stage of let me talk to my husband let me talk to my wife let me talk to my children let me talk to my business partner i'll get back to you in three weeks it's kind of too late to start pulling out um, all the chops that you have so back to the example of the architect um, who is having conversations with miss ogedengbe if this is your first time of listening to uh, the podcast just listen to the previous episode and you will um, get the whole picture about uh, the architect who is talking to Ms. Ogedengbe, who uh, has some land and she wants to expand um, her factory to include, uh, okay, I can't remember what I said. Did I say cattle? I can't remember if I said cattle or poultry, but basically she has some land, she wants to expand her factory, and so she's talking to um, an architect. Now, at that situation that you had the presentation, and it looks like she's interested, but she's holding back. That's a little too late to start showing your um, expertise and credibility to show that you graduated from uh, John Hopkins School of Architecture in America or whatever, or that you have worked on uh, Dangote's um, factory project and stuff like that. I think it's a little too late to try and show expertise and credibility at that stage. So it's something that you should have been doing 
throughout um, the sales process, showing that you're an expert and that you are credible. Because unfortunately for some folks, you might have all the expertise in the world, but you might be baby-faced just like I am. I'm rather young looking. So, um, you know, if you're baby-faced standing in front of them, they might think, you know, who is this boy? I mean, here he is quoting uh, 25M for his uh, designs. You know, has he even handled 25K before? Uh, how is he going to handle a project of this um, magnitude? So we should be showing expertise and credibility um, throughout every single stage of the um, sales um, process because at this stage, we're not telling you, uh, let me get back to you next week. Let me talk to my wife. It's a little too late for that. Now, how do you know if it's a competency or a trust issue? You just have to ask. Um, I've been in uh, I've been in situations where you know I've had to go ahead. Um, okay, well, not me, but rather my friend uh, Manny, a wedding planner, and it was rather bold of him at the time, where he had to just ask the person straight up. Now, okay, look. I get it. This wedding that you were planning is a uh, 7M project. That is a 7 million project. And I understand that you guys might not trust me because looking at the work you've seen so far, I'm sure you guys have figured out that we haven't done anything past 3M before. Is that an issue? And he asked the client straight up. Now, by the way, uh, I'm not saying that the, the figure was exactly 7 million or 3 million or whatever, but I'm just saying that he's one of those people that I've seen um, live in the field who have executed the, this technique. He asked straight up, now look, I know this is your budget, but with the previous work you've seen us do, I know you guys think we can't handle it because we haven't done anything um, to this amount. Is that the case? And he just put it out there point blank. And the bride was like, oh, no, 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 no. I actually trust that you can uh, do that. The problem is with this, 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 that, 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 that. And when they found out what the real problem was, he was able to address it and then clinch the deal. But he never would have known if he didn't ask. So when it's a competency or a trust thing, it's something that you have to put out there. You just have to bite the bullet and you just have to ask or else you're not going to know. So the summary, when someone says, let me think about it. Let me talk to my husband. Let me talk to my wife. But we've gone past the stage of interest and desire. We can see that they clearly need it and they clearly desire it. Like Ms. Ogedengbe, who is ready to start building the factory next week. We have to ask those questions. We need to be sure that we understand the brief and that everything tailors in well. Or we need to figure out if it's a competency or trust issue. And we need to ask uh, Madam Ogedengbe whether it's a matter of trust. Because it's a matter of competency or trust. We now might be able to pull out our cards and say that, um, well, actually, Madam Ogidengbe, you have nothing to worry about because for Dangote's factory in uh, Ogbomosho, the poultry factory, I was the one that uh, designed this stage, that designed this elevation. Uh, I went to uh, University of uh, Joss. That's where I studied my architecture. And then I did my master's in University of New York or, you know, whatever it is that you architects have to say to show credibility and to um, show expertise. Again, apologies to architects who are listening. I'm not sure how you guys demonstrate expertise and credibility in your own industry, but these are some of the things that people in other industries uh, do. You brag about or show your qualifications, um, previous uh, projects that you've worked on before, memberships of certain <coughs> organizations that show that uh, you're the big dog and you know what it is that, you, uh, that you're saying. So this is the stage where you're going to do that. But you won't know if you don't um, ask. So... In summary, that's how we handle when someone says, uh, let me think about it, even though they are clearly interested. 
So thanks for listening to the podcast. Thanks for your time and attention. Uh, we're going to explore future scenarios in the upcoming episodes. But I hope you guys are beginning to get the sense that uh, when it comes to sales and uh, one-on-one conversations with potential customers, it's not a matter of knowing certain tips and tricks. You need to understand <coughs> uh, the sales process. You need to have a sales framework that works uh, for you and the kind of clients that you um, interact with. And um, if you have a proper understanding of these fundamentals, uh, sales, um, sales frameworks, how they relate, um, sales processes, and things like that, it is then and only then that you'll be able to diagnose what to do when something is going wrong. Uh, I guess the reason why I bring this up is because um, I'm seeing stuff in social media, you know, a tip to do this, a trick to do that. Stop focusing on tips and tricks. Learn the fundamentals. Learn the system. Learn the framework. See how it all um, ties in together. And then you're going to be able to diagnose when things are going wrong. So thanks for your time and attention. I'll catch you guys at the next episode.